0: When you wander into an exhibition of contemporary art these days, it might occur to you to ask, where have all the paintings gone? The scarcity of the longtime mainstay of the visual arts in current exhibitions prompted a recent discussion at the IU Art Museum. Artworks E.I.L. Cassander checked in to learn more about the medium's status at the roundtable, Painting Dead or Alive? Yes, it's that question again.
1: The the painting is dead question has been, of course, around for ever, right? I mean, when was the first time anybody posed that question? In the 1850s or something, you know?
2: But that doesn't keep artists, curators, scholars, and collectors from asking it again. Betsy Steirat was one of several faculty members from Indiana University's Hope School of Fine Arts who came together for a discussion on the topic.
1: I think we can safely say that because all of us are here and, and we all make paintings that we don't think painting is dead. So...
2: Betsy acknowledges, however, the competition painting faces in the contemporary art world. I
1: think you have to look at the idea of art as entertainment. And a lot of museums feel it's necessary to provide entertainment because of just the nature of getting people in the door and all that. So that lets out a lot of painters. Um, We're not as entertaining maybe as some of the performance people,
2: some of the installation people. The collected painter and longtime director of the School of Fine Arts Gallery insists that painting, though perhaps lacking in the funhouse appeal of some of the other mediums, has a secure spot in the art establishment. Painting
1: does have a place, first of all, as an access point, as An understandable form of art people know what a painting is they might not know what a video installation is they might not know what a performance art piece is but they know what a painting is fundamentally and that access point i think is really important
2: what's more betsy asserted the commercial viability of painting is indisputable
1: painting has a very important role commercially Uh, people still buy paintings people want to own paintings And whether we like it or not, the commercial aspect of the art world is what drives the art world. And that's why we're all here.
2: So, if painting is such a solid commodity, why has a group of painters, professors, and art lovers gathered in a museum on a Friday afternoon to verify its vital signs? Maybe it's not only because there are so many other mediums vying for the limelight these days, but because so many so-called painters are working outside of the medium, Assistant Professor of Painting Caleb Weintraub is one of the 42 faculty artists whose work is represented in the IU Art Museum's Triennial 2010. His piece?
3: The the title of this piece is Prelude to a Beatdown.
2: Caleb calls the work a three-dimensional painting.
3: The way I approached it is a lot like a painting. Uh, I recognize that it's a sculpture, but a lot of my practice in the studio involves experimentation with media.
2: I have to admit, I'm having a hard time understanding the wildly colored sculptural grouping as a painting. It's more like a Mardi Gras float on which two larger-than-life children are walking a hyena.
3: This work began with a post-apocalyptic narrative of children turning against the adult world. I've moved quite a bit away from the explicit narrative, but I've maintained an interest in children as uh, vehicles or as characters uh, because we have certain expectations for children that they they are innocent. And in a lot of my pieces, even in this one, there's a a bit of an ominous undertone.
2: But there's a studied playfulness in Caleb's approach to art making, from his dayglow palette to the materials he uses.
3: I've, in the past, used a lot of materials, like the kinds of things you find at Hobby Lobby, I do a lot of drawings and preparation, but I also bookmark a lot of websites. I go to fabric stores and take swatches and so when i 'm working on a, on a piece like this, my whole world is a sketchbook for it and it all and mostly it happens a little bit by accident, like i didn 't plan on it really being a sculpture until halfway through I still I still consider myself a painter and I still consider that a painting somehow <laughs> so i don 't know.
2: That painting could be so broadly interpreted raised some anxiety about the erosion of the venerable tradition. With all due respect, one participant noted, street painting is not the Sistine Chapel.
4: We owe it to explain what we might think is better about the Sistine Chapel than graffiti, let's say.
2: Visiting professor of painting Chris Barnard was one of the panelists.
4: There's good graffiti and there's bad graffiti. And I think that people who make it would... Better be able to say what they think are those criteria. The Sistine Chapel, you know, is still probably the most amazing thing that people who have seen it have ever seen. I do think it's fair to also consider how the Sistine Chapel might seem completely irrelevant to a lot of people in the world because it's in the Vatican and there's lots of people who are not welcome in the Vatican. They might find an easier way to explain why that stuff on a wall in their neighborhood for them is more relevant.
1: I think openness is really what this is about.
2: Wendy Bernstein is an elementary school art teacher. It's creativity.
1: It's got to keep going and it, and what's old will become novel again because possibly it may be lost and then somebody will rediscover it and I think there's <clears throat> nothing to fear. <laughs> I think that that the creative process is what it's all about and about cross-fertilization and vitality. And I, I think this show is a great example of that. And it's a wonderful context for this discussion. The
2: exciting proliferation of media these days, though, can make it tricky to separate the wheat from the chaff.
4: People might go to a museum and see something like a Band-Aid crumpled up in the corner or something, you know, and they, you know, that's a moment of confusion, I think, and alienation for people.
2: So how to emerge from the confusion?
4: Every, every form has its criteria, and I think that it's harder for us, and that's what makes, I think, teaching and talking about art and making art really interesting is that we don't have the set criteria of everybody making hyper-realist paintings anymore.
1: So how, how as makers do we allow access? You know, How do we allow people to understand what we do? Even if it's a crumpled-up Band-Aid, um, it's just how do we let people know what the intent is there? Um, and it's I don't know what the answer is to that.
4: I, I guess that is the challenge, you know, as makers and as viewers, is, you know, even to take that example of the band aid. Is like, what could be the well-crafted version of that? Frankly, you know, what is the the genuinely intentioned version of that?
2: In an art world that encompasses video, installation, and crumpled band aids, Betsy asserted, there is a place for painting, although that place may have shifted.
1: We need to make sure that we are part of the art world as it is. We don't want to be segregated as as some sort
2: of art form that isn't part of the dialogue. For WFIU's Artworks, I'm Yael Cassander.
0: The IU Art Museum has programmed a number of discussions and tours in conjunction with the triennial 2010, a showcase of the work of 42 artist teachers in the Hope School of Fine Arts. On Friday, February 19th, three of those artists come together for the Arts Week panel discussion, when green is more than a color, the environment in the visual arts. Triennial 2010 is on view in the museum's first floor special exhibitions gallery through March 7th. There's more information on our website, wfiu.org artworks.